We are continuing on our topic, what should you do when your plans seem hindered? We are on uh, part four of that, and we are talking around that this morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Can I hear an amen? And so we are using First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians, yeah, 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 yeah. But Thessalonica, chapter 1, verse 1 to 6 and verse 17 and 19. To the church in Thessalonica, in God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to you always, making mention of you in our prayers. Remembering you without ceasing for your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God for our gospel didn't come to you only in word, but in power in the Holy Spirit with much affliction, Paul says. And he says, but you became followers of us and the Lord Jesus Christ, having received the word in much affliction with joy. But we, brethren, verse 17, have been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, we have endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. And we're using that expression and asking that question, what should you do when your plans seem hindered? We've already explained that Satan, I mean, Paul, rather tried to go to this church in Thessalonica, but Satan hindered him from going. And he is using a very interesting expression in saying Satan hindered me. He's using the word engopto, engopto, which means to cut in, to impede, to hinder. Paul uses this to describe that there were hindering forces that kept him from going to Thessalonica. Just like somebody cuts in your path. Somebody impedes you. Paul, no doubt, tried to go to this church more than once. But his journey got filled with danger, unexpected bumps and obstacles. And Paul had to finally turn back, go around and rethink his strategy. Tell your neighbor, rethink your strategy, neighbor. Rethink your strategy. And Paul had to rethink his strategy how he's going to go to the church in Thessalonica. But that word engopto also means, and it uses the sense of an athlete who, who rather bumps another athlete off the track. It's used to portray the moment when a runner comes alongside another runner and literally elbows that runner out of the way, shoves him out of the way using aggression as a result of this action, the runner who was elbowed loses their leading edge that they once previously had. And Satan uses all these tricks to try and hinder you and hinder me from fulfilling what God said. But I love what Paul did. Paul, even if he was hindered, he didn't stop in his mission. Even if he couldn't go to Thessalonica in person by the flesh, what he did was he wrote a letter instead. And so we said, when Satan hinders you and when your plans are being hindered, there are these things that you must do. Number one, you must put up a fight of faith. Tell your neighbor, fight the fight of faith. 
Tell your neighbor, you don't sound like somebody who's fighting. Just tell them, you don't sound like somebody. Tell them like you believe it. Fight the fight of faith. Number two, we said we must remember to use the weapons of our warfare. Number three, we said don't cast away your confidence. Number four, keep your words in check. Number five, protect your soul from being tired. Number six, which what we dealt with last week and we'll deal with today is hold on to your vision. And number seven, decide to be a finisher. So last week we talked about holding on to our vision and we in part talked about how we need to make sure that when vision is born, we look after it and we, do not, we don't prematurely disclose what God has said. We said God gives every one of us a vision. It can be an ideal, an ambition, a goal and vision gets born. That every accomplishment that comes from God starts with a vision. And it's an exciting stage when vision is conceived. But we must remember, just like a child who has been conceived, and as we have learned uh, reliably from our doctor, that they tell couples, they advise couples today, that when you fall, when you become pregnant, do not tell people before three months have passed. Because the pregnancy must take root. It must settle because it's been proved medically that there's a lot of people who lose their pregnancy within the first three months. So you need to take time to let the pregnancy settle and be properly implanted. And only then can you start talking because that's an important thing to do. So in other words, do not prematurely tell people of what you have conceived. In the same way when you have vision, don't prematurely start talking about it, Facebooking about it, TikToking about it, and WhatsApping about it. Don't Instagram about it. Don't start telling the whole world about it. Take time to allow vision to be strong in your heart. Can I hear an amen? And so we noted that vision has several phases that it goes through. Is the dream phase, and that's the one we talked about. The dream phase is when vision gets conceived. Today, I want us to continue to phase two, which is a decision, right? After vision has been conceived, you need to make a decision. Watch this now. A dream is worthless until you decide to do something about it. You can write all your plans. You can write all your strategy. You can put everything down. But until you get up and do something, that dream is worthless. Now, here's what is shocking. Statistics show us that of every 10 dreamers, there's only one who is a decision maker. Only one out of 10 people actually get up. And like one preacher said, they get off their rusty dusty to do what they said they're going to do. Only one out of 10. Unfortunately, this is the moment where if your dream is going to come to pass, you need to decide to invest your time, your money, your energy, your reputation. You need to decide to let go of your security and ensure that your dream or your vision is realized. No vision ever gets realized just by hoping and praying. As much as I'm a firm propagator of prayer and I will lead prayer, but until you get off your rusty dusty, your vision is not going to be realized. You've got to do something. Tell your neighbor you've got to do something. 
tell your neighbor, you see, you're not saying anything. You shouldn't be sitting in that chair if other people can't get here. Just tell them, you've got to do something. You've got to do something. In short, Bazalana, you cannot walk on the water until you get out of the boat. By a decision, I mean you need to put your plan into action. So let me show you how you can do that. How to make an action plan. A, I'm talking like some of you. How many of you like people who talk like that? Who say, I'm going to, they talk to you, they say, well, I wanted to show you A, this B, this C. Let's start with A. So A, look at your number and say A. Mike Maddox says, planning is the starting point of any dream or goal that you possess. Many people want to see their dreams come to pass, but they, they are haphazard people. They don't plan anything. Life doesn't unfold by coincidence. Success is not a coincidence. Success happens because there are certain things that have been planned. Yes, of course, there are times when God gives us a supernatural intervention and miraculously things happen. But I found out even the miracles in the Bible, if you read them properly, they didn't just happen. They happened because somebody initiated what happened. In fact, when you read the Bible, you'll find that 99% of people that Jesus healed and that he performed miracles on, it was not him who started the process. They were the ones who went to Jesus and they asked for something. So, you know, living with this mentality, Uguti, one day is one day, your duba will not die. I don't know if that's the right surrender. You have to initiate something when it comes to God. You've got to take a start. You can't put your life on pause, hoping for a better day, hoping for the sun to shine, hoping for the birds to sing, hoping for circumstances to line up. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence and the violence take it by force. You've got to get into action. Get into action. Come on, let me hear some amens. I know it's called... I know it's cold. I know we had an event yesterday that we don't want to repeat. Come on, say amen, 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 amen. I should have put on my black and white attire. So say amen now. Please don't give me that look. Amen, amen. I know many of you, you wear yellow. Come on now, say amen, amen, amen. Yeah, I can't preach so hard. Proverbs 21 verse 5 in the New English translation says, the plans of the diligent lead only to plenty. The word diligent is the hard working. The plans of the diligent lead to plenty. But everyone who is hasty, Mamelang, only comes to poverty. Mara, when you look at them, they haven't planned anything. They've got nothing working. But to succeed, they cut corners. They don't do what's right. But when you are diligent, you plan. And the plans of the diligent lead to plenty. I'm simply trying to tell you, success is not a coincidence. It's rare where people succeed People succeed because there are things that they did that they planned. 
So in planning, I'm going to B now. A, plan. B, in planning, clarify your expectations. Set your clear goals. William Blake said, and I quote, remember, vague goals produce vague results. Don't be vague about your goals. Don't tell me this year I want to improve. What do you mean? Improve what? Huh? I want to be better. How do you measure? What's the yardstick? Be clear. Rather say this year, you know, I want to, I want to be able to run for a kilometer without fainting. <laughs> That's a goal. That's a goal because some of us, how can we must run from here to the gate? It's a big problem. So that's my goal. Don't, don't just say next year, you can't measure that. You can't measure that. So have plans, as we said, that are clear, clear expectations. Proverbs 11.23 says, the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is rare. Somebody said life is a field of unlimited possibilities. C, move into implementation. So you plan, you clarify your plans, and you move into implementation. What happens? The minute you start implementing, it will force you to turn your goals into actionable steps. In short, nothing happens until you take action. That's what James says in James chapter 2, verse 17 in the Amplified Bible. It says, so also faith, if it doesn't have works, deeds, and actions of obedience to back it up, by itself, it is destitute of power, it's inoperative, and it's dead. You know, the one phrase that Christian people love to use as a cop-out is to say, I'm praying about it. No, 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 I understand when you say we're praying about it. But let's not say I'm praying about it as a cop-out. Pray about it, but have a plan. Pray about it, but write down the action. Ever since you were praying about starting a company, you're still praying about it today, 10 years later. Ever since you were praying about approaching her, Yes, 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 I see this side. Yeah, I care about I know the anointing here. Yeah, yeah. But even now, can lock down. You can negotiate Mahadi Kazoom. Yeah, I'm telling you, at least we are on level one now. You can go there in person. But my, if you really want to make things work, we have a Zoom, WhatsApp. If you want to make a way, you make a way. I've talked to a lot of guys, you know, who got married, you know. You know, if you, if you really see somebody you really love, you know how to find them. Syria. I know one pastor. He said he was preaching at a university, you know, a student Christian movement. As he was preaching, this lady walked in. Oh, you don't want me to say that in church? You want me to act like I'm too holy? I am holy, of course. But I'm just telling you, the truth says this lady walked in. He was telling me in confidence, he says, Fundis, I forgot everything about my sermon. I forgot where I was in the message. I forgot everything as this lady walked in. 
And it, I finished my sermon, Mara. I made sure after the service I find out who she is. Imagine in a crowd of 300 people, when you really want to get married, my friend. I wonder what I'm praying about it. Too many people don't have the desire and the fire to see their dream come to pass. They're lazy to move into action. Implementing will force you to turn your goals into actional plans. The Bible tells us, and whatever you do, do it heartily. That's Colossians 3.23. It didn't say whatever you think about. It says whatever you do. It's the doing. It's the action. So if you're going to add, go into action mode, you have to break down your implementation. And the best way I want to advise you is this. Ask yourself, if this is my goal, if this is where I'm trying to go, what am I doing on a daily basis that, that shows that's where I'm trying to go? You want to run one kilometer without fainting? So here's my question. What are you doing on a daily basis to make sure that happens? You're not going to get there eating bunny chow every day. It's not going to happen. You're not exercising. You want to bring your weight under control? You're not exercising. You're not eating less. You're not doing anything. You're praying about it. Casting out the calories out of the food. Puma. That's not going to happen. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. So the... <laughs> hey, this side, Kajoko is anointed. I tell you, this side here, I think it's got people who are getting married and those who have an exercise program. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. So what are you doing on a daily basis? What are you doing on a weekly basis? What are you doing on a monthly basis? We were talking about this Lima Bishop Mabane, and she, you know, she made a very outstanding statement about this. You know, that it is, and we were just talking back and forth, and I was saying to her, John Maxwell makes this statement. He said, the secret to your success lies in your daily agenda. And this is what he said. He said, if I can hang with you, for one day, at the end of the day, if you were to ask me whether you'll be a successful person or not, I will more likely tell you. And he said, I'll just tell you by watching how you handle your day. Because how you handle each day, either you are moving forward or you are moving backwards. Because success is attained by what you do on a daily basis. That's why I'm so, I'm so much into telling people about consistency. We have many people who are not consistent. People who are not consistent at all. They don't know how to develop habits that you stick to, dark or blue, rain or shine, difficulty or not difficulty, laukula. You know, there are days when you don't want to wake up. I'm telling you, this morning, I, I, I didn't have enough sleep last night. I didn't want to wake up today. Oh, you don't, you don't believe me. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to wake up. Much less come to church. It is a shock. And even worse, preach to people who are quiet like you. I didn't want that. I don't want, I don't want to do that. Because I know what happened yesterday and I knew people would bring that mood into the church. I see there's a lot of yellow that side. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew they were going to bring that mood into church. So I thought, I don't want to wake up. But listen, 
I said that was my feelings. My feelings is not me. My feelings is my body. I, 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 I am the inward man. Is the inward man. Even if the outward man is perishing, but the inward man is renewed. You have to learn to override. Let's about how press override. You call somebody and press the override switch. It means it doesn't mean the problem but I do something that overrides what is there. And I go into the right mode. Some of you, you have to learn to press the override button when it comes to your emotions and your feelings and your commitment. Can I hear a name? And you've got to press the override. Got to press the override button. Yeah, we don't walk by feelings. We don't walk by emotions. We walk by faith and we walk by vision. Can I hear an amen? And we follow what God has told us in spite of how we feel. We wake up, we pray in the morning. Even if we are tired, we pray anyhow. Even if we are tired, we read the word anyhow. Even if we are tired, we get back to working. We work day in and day out. Yeah. But some of you haven't learned that level of commitment. We have people who are so fickle. Any small thing. And this is a person who's written such a big dream. So it's outright deception to think that you'll ever get there. Even small things like rain make you to decide not to go to church. Ah, it's no problem. Look at the devil say, why are you so quiet? Is he talking about you? He's talking about you? So break down your implementation into small steps that can be done daily, weekly, and monthly. Watch this, Barcelona. A day will never be any more than what you make it. That's what John Haynes says. A day will never be any more than what you make of it. So he says, practice being a doer. I'll just give you an example. We had a very long day yesterday. You know, we, we work so hard, our family. Oh, my goodness. My bishop works so hard. I work so hard. And we have certain things we must do go high. You know, we, we're a family. We don't have a helper. We don't have a maid. And it's very difficult when you don't have a helper. So we have, we have responsibility. So yesterday I had a very long day. And there's a portion controlling that's my responsibility to clean. You know, I have to clean and so on. Don't lie. Yeah, it's true. I stay. And, and so yesterday I had to go do something early in the morning to attend to my car, and I had to go go Kenyan kisa and I decided no, I'll take it to Tlatso and whatever. And then we had to go somewhere during the day. I'm going to preach somewhere, so I came back. You know, when I'm going to preach, I don't like working and so on. But when I came back, I noticed, you know, I have just enough time to at least do my part of the chores at home. You know, so speedily I got into it and I really worked hard. And thank God I was able to finish in time to just relax a bit and wash. And then I thought about it. I could have so easily felt like a khatetz. I've never understood somebody. Oh, in katen saying. I have never, ever understood. And after you have slept for nine hours. I, I doesn't, it, I've, never, I've never just understood that. And you know what I found out? Watch this, Basalan. And I'm going to close with this. The more you make excuses, is the more time passes. It's the more opportunity passes. 
you'll find the very people and you all decided to do certain things. Mara, you got caught up in excuses. Five years later, they have reached the goal. When you are still praying about it. And you're making a hundred excuses. I found that if you have a vision, cut down your plans into actionable steps. Every day, ask yourself, what am I doing today that's taking me further? Break down your plans. Daily things, weekly things, advance. And each night before you go to bed, if you are able to, Check how far you are. Where did I spend my time? And then, Basalan, on the same point, D, take risks. If you're, going to, if you're going to move forward in your life, you need to take risks and never allow fear to stop you from following your vision. I was talking about it in the last service. In 2 Timothy 1, Six to seven, Paul talks to a young man by the name of Timothy. Watch this, Barcelona. He's a gifted young man, brought up in a great family, comes from a lineage of people who believe. Mamela, that you are born in the right background, that you are talented and gifted, is not a foregone conclusion that your life will be successful. And Paul is talking to this young man. And he says, Bona, you have a spiritual gift that you got through the laying on of my hands. And he says, Mara Timothy, what I'm telling you to do, fan into flame the gift of God on the inside of you. And how do you do that? He says, don't allow a spirit of fear to control your life. He says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of a sound mind. He was telling Timothy because Timothy was leading the church in Ephesus. And he was leading that local church. And even if he's gifted and talented, even if he came from a good home and a good family, he was in a prison of fear. He was in a prison of inactivity. He was in the prison of indecisiveness. He was allowing himself to watch life go by. Don't watch life go by. Make life happen in the name of Jesus. Don't be a spectator of life. Be an activist. Rather fail when you are trying something. Rather go down when you are trying something than to sit by the road and just watch life go by. No matter what your background is, no devil, no power of hell can keep you down from doing what God has told you to do. Even if you don't have a good background, even if you don't have the right resources, you may not be the most gifted or the most talented, but you get up in the name of Jesus and fan into flame the power of God in your life. Unfortunately, we have too many people who are not hungry to succeed. They think success will be delivered to them on a platter. And Paul says, I call them for way to uskaba softy. Life doesn't want softies. Life wants people who have aggression. Uh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. I know you are nice Christians. I know you want to be nice all the time, but life wants people who are going to take it by force. He says the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence don't wait. They, they take it by force. How many of you are going to take it by force? I'm taking my future. I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking. 
taking it by force. And it's up to you. Because there's no weapon formed against you that will prosper. I said there's no tongue raised against you that will prosper. If God be for you, who can be against you? But until you get into action mode, it's not going to help your life. Let's stand on our feet and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Raise your hands and pray in the Spirit right now. Thank God for His Word right now. Will you just praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. Thank you for Your Word that's true. Your Word that's a lamp to our feet, a light on our path. Your Word that changes us. Your Word that transforms us. Your Word that brings us into that place where we are changed. Some of you are watching by television or you're on Facebook, wherever you are. I want to take this opportunity to invite you to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. If you're here in this building or in any other building, you can receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Your life will not change by you being passive. Your life will not change by you being a spectator. Your life will change by you taking an active step to invite Jesus into your life. I want to pray with you. And if there's someone here who wants to receive Christ, you raise your hand and follow us in this prayer. I want to pray with you. Pray with me. Join me, congregation. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be my Savior and my Lord. Change me, Jesus. Make me a child of God. From today, I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand if you pray that prayer and if you believe that prayer. Hallelujah.